us having fun. Whoa, what's that beam of light? Hey, young Andrew Lens. It's me, Andrew Lens from the future, telling you that your dream is going to come true. What? No way! Yeah, you're going to have an awesome podcast called Let's Talk But No Politics, okay? And new episodes come out every Sunday on... PSAP Radio Network! The following podcast is a production of The Network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. your phones your movie review podcast on the network found exclusively at bicbp-radio.com i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by my co-host or we should say second host we don't play co-host to each other we're both hosts of the show sean fritz sean still covid free yes and uh, i can confirm because i went and had a covid test done hey did you really Hey, sure did. Why'd you have to do a COVID test? Did you, did you think you were exposed? I didn't have to. I just wanted to do it. Oh, uh, you wanted to see if you're exposed. Yeah, and CVS in my state was giving them out for free. So I said, sure. Now, this wasn't the antibodies test. This is the, the actual COVID test. This is the shove their Q-tip up your nose. Oh, my God. You did that, dude? Rot- yeah, it's not as bad as you think, but it's it's uncomfortable more than anything else. <laughs> When I see pictures of it, my brain hurts, dude. Like it, like I, 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 I wince every time I see pictures of people doing it. That thing looks hella long, man. Oh no, these were like just a little bit longer than normal length Q-tips. These weren't like, you know, a forty-foot long Q-tip. Oh, you haven't seen these ones that look like they're orchestral conductor little stick things. You know what I mean? Oh no, hard pass on that thing. <laughs> I see that. I'm like, yeah, no, thanks. You're not shoving that up my nose. In my line of work, that's what people use to run networking cable through walls. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a that's a hard pass. I'm gonna just turn around and walk away. You'd see dust where my feet once were. <laughs> that's how fast I'd run away from that thing. So they shove this thing up your nose? No, I shoved it up my nose. Oh, you do it yourself? I did it at the CVS drive through. Okay. So you didn't have one of these people that looked like they were coming out to get ET covered in all, you know, that whole hazmat suit and everything. You mean Homer Simpson at the yeah, there you go. nuclear waste facility? Exactly. Or the nuclear reactor? Yeah, no, it was just you pull up in the drive-thru, they hand you a brown paper lunch, it looks like, <laughs> and you open it up and you take out a Q-tip and you just put it up your nose and you slowly rotate it for 15 seconds oh. and you take it and you put, you take it, you put it in the other nostril, so you're double dipping already, <laughs> and then you do the same thing for another 15 seconds, you put it in face up into the tube. Screw the tube shut and then drop it in the thing. And then they also include a wet nap to wipe off the 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 container that you're supposed to put it in. It's a, commun- a communal container. Yeah. So you just drop it in there and then wipe it off with your rag. And then you 
throw it all away. And then how long do you wait to get the results? Three or four days. So you came back negative. Or or I, are you going to go try the antibodies now and see if you'd already had it and were just asymptomatic? Um, I will have to probably go to the doctor to do that, like the real doctor. Yeah. As, as opposed to the CVS, <laughs> stay, stay, don't come in here, minute clinic thing. And, uh, you know, I, maybe I'll do that next month. But uh, it's not like I've been anywhere except Lowe's. But then again... It seems like everybody in my in my area that goes to Lowe's is just a savage and inconsiderate <laughs> as anything. I mean, they're about as sane as Randy Savage, no joke. <laughs> you know, around the thinking, thinking, thinking promo. Oh, man. Dude, the thing that annoys me is, like, I know we, so I, I'm, I'm not, I have no problem with the wearing the mask thing, right? Like, that's smart. We should continue to be somewhat smart about this, right? Uh, but I you saw, have to wear it the right way. Yes. What's with these people with their nose just hanging over? Oh, my. I it, just want to punch them in the nose and be like, your mask could have protected you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Just smack them right in the fucking nose. Dude, I don't get that. It's like, wh- what are you doing then? What's the point? Why are you wearing it? Because it's obviously you don't know what you're doing, you know? Um, and then there's Work the people who just so. don't care at all. They just don't wear them. And I'm just like, all right, that's cool. You just go ahead and be one of those idiots. Because I saw some report, um, and it showed uh, every single state, the the day they started lifting restrictions, and then whether or not you've seen an uptick in COVID. And there's, there's a few states that actually started going down, which I was surprised New York was one of them. New York showed a, a downward trend even after restrictions were starting to be lifted. However... There's a shit ton of states where the restrictions are lifted and they're skyrocketing again. I'm like, look, you guys, just do it the right way and we won't have to do this all over again. Well, so in in fairness, I will wear a mask when I go to certain places. I don't everywhere, but I will if I go to like, so for example, um, I believe it was in Staten Island. Some lady went to Target. Did you, maybe you have or haven't seen this footage. She got like vilified and like verbally assaulted by everyone because she was not wearing a mask. Okay, that's uh, assaulted is a little much, dude. Not assault, like verbally assaulted. Like she got like read the riot oh. act by about twelve people. And here's the funny thing: those twelve people were wearing masks. That's not the funny thing. The funny thing is those twelve people were huddled up like they were like throwing dice or playing dominoes or something. <laughs> So they were in very close quarters. That's what gets me too, dude, is these people that get all annoyed and, and, and yelling and stuff, and then they're getting in your face yelling. Like, So do you think that that's now you're going to be safe? Like, I, I just don't – I don't know. Just people be – stop being stupid. Do what you're asked to do and, 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 and go from there, right? Like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, just don't be dumb. No. Well, yes, and, and, you know, I mean, again, I wear a mask in certain places, grocery stores, where people will then – take whatever is that I might pass by, even though I know that I'm not sick, they don't know that, I will still wear a mask. I won't wear gloves, although I did go shopping at the local comic warehouse this weekend, and I did wear gloves because I'm touching a whole lot of stuff at one time. Nah. And, you know, uh, okay, so also, if you rest your hand on the side of a long box or rub it up and down enough, it will rip the glove, just so you know. <laughs> well, I see, I don't wear gloves, but I do, here's the thing, I do carry around now uh, a little bottle of hand sanitizer all the time. I'm, anytime I touch something, I hand sanitize. It's, it's ridiculous now. I probably have the cleanest hands in the world at the moment. 
I had, unknowingly to me, I planned this far in advance that I forgot. I had a, uh, two uh, travel size things of, uh, of uh, like wet wipes. Yeah. Like the, the, the small, tiny ones in your car somewhere. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, this is nice. So, and, and I haven't run through all those yet. It's the end of that story. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. That was very, uh, there was, there was intrigue. There was suspense and a very satisfying ending. But you didn't see the hand motions. I made the hand rainbow. Like that's (laughs) the end of that story. And it was just one hand in, in inward to outward wax off. Very nice. Um, anyway, listeners. So this is not COVID-19 report. This is silence your phones. Uh, again, a movie review podcast. So what we're going to do is we're going to discuss a movie that we decided to check out this week. This time it was Sean's call. We usually go back and forth. Uh, this one, you decided to throw this way because we're, we're, we decided we were going to stay on the dick. Yes. The Philip K. Dick. Uh, because last week we did Blade Runner. This week, A Scanner Darkly. It may just be my imagination. Whatever it is that's watching, it's not human. Gentlemen, you are about to witness for approximately 61 cents the perfect homemade silencer. That sure is some silencer. Just drive over to my place, kick back, get some tequila. <laughs> They're all over the place. This is a world getting progressively worse. Can we not agree on that? What's on the surface? Damage has taken place to the normally dominant left hemisphere, and the right hemisphere is attempting to compensate. Two hemispheres of my brain are competing? Yes. I could be murdered. How'd I get here? Tip my hat to any entity that could bring so much integrity to evil. What if they come in through the back door or the bathroom window like that infamous Beatles song? To sacrifice someone without them ever knowing it. What does a scanner see? Into the head? Into the heart? Does it see into me? Clearly. Or darkly. Just awe-inspiring stuff. Um, I'd never seen it before, dude. Not like I said, I was telling you, as of this recording, I watched it yesterday. Um, we intended on recording yesterday. I wanted to watch it and then have it completely fresh and be able to respond to it. I've had a day to sit on it, and it's definitely you one of those movies. Yes, you need a day to sit on the dick. You, <laughs> you definitely do because <laughs> this movie, bro. I don't even uh, even after a day. There's still this kind of thing. I mean, I, I get the the exact story. Like I get what the plot was, but holy cow! Are you sure? The the way they went about. Uh, telling it right the, the way they went about giving you letting it unfold 
I felt like I was watching Fear and Loathing on Las Vegas while I had been tripping. That's how crazy it felt to me at times. Um, so I have tried that, possibly. <laughs> and you never get through the movie. You're just like, what is going on? Every other thing. You're like, oh my goodness, there's all those cops there. And you get nervous. But, you know, it's, yeah. But so had you had seen this before before we watched it for this, right? You'd already seen it? I did one time and I think it was more of like I was mesmerized by the animation style. Yes. Or the filming and the the, the animation that went along with it uh, that was overlaid on it. And it was like I had to watch this one with subtitles this time because I couldn't follow along with the audio by itself because i mean robert downey jr just blah 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 nonstop, and you're like he, this guy is an idiot savant and and you just you can't i mean it's no different than when him when you know in iron and pick what iron man two or three where him and pepper are Gwyneth paltrow starve yeah contagion um were were are arguing at the same time you don't know what they're saying yep it was kind of like that with him in this movie but you get the idea of the, of what he's all about and how he is the film was very hypnotizing um, yes. because the okay. music also, also like yes. just everything was just, I, I didn't even know. Well, and here we are. We're just talking about everything at once, but <laughs> you know, the, the music, I just didn't even hear it to hear it as a separate, right. You know, uh, I didn't even notice it. I actually had to go back and just pick out different key parts to just be like, Oh, that music just makes the whole scene that much better. And it makes the audio flow that much better and it just makes things like more trippy and melodic and just it's like the rug in the big Lebowski it just ties the whole scene together that yeah we're definitely going to get into that because that was something that stood out to me big time um, but the immediate right the immediate thing that stands out to you is that this film is rotoscoped uh, it's animated basically uh, it's a specific type of rotoscoping I forgot what it was called I, I looked it up earlier because I, I was really interested in this because I'd seen rotoscoping before um, inter interpolated interpolated rotoscope using a proprietary software called Rotoshop. Yes, um, bro. This is. I mean, I had I have never seen anything as gorgeous as this film. Because to me, I thought this was absolutely beautiful. It was. I mean, when you if you've never seen this film before and you check it out, you're gonna it's gonna strike you immediately the way this this film looks. It basically what they do is they film it. They film it in high def. Uh, and then they have a, these this team um, of, of artists that painstakingly, you know, each frame paint over every single piece of that that photo, whatever's in, on the frame, right? So that it li- looks like paintings are moving. It's basically what it is. Yeah, it's 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 similar to, and and I didn't know this until I did a little bit more digging. A lot of the Disney movies were the original Disney animations yes. for, for like the dancing mm-hmm. scenes, like in Cinderella and, and Snow White and whatnot, were filmed with people mm-hmm. and then they were animated over top of it. I remember learning that when I went to, sc- uh, to school for animation. Uh, I actually went to school for animation way, way back in the day, uh, you know, when we had to ride dinosaurs to work. But, um, but that was one of the things I that, so that's why I knew about rotoscoping. That's why I knew about the technique. I'd never seen it done this way before. So this movie just again, the first thing that sticks out to you is this is is the just the how gorgeous it looks. It's absolutely stunning. 
Um, and, and one of the things I read when I was after, you know, looking into it a little bit more after the fact was that the uh, director of photography made sure to choose specific palettes of lighting and, and, and color uh, specifically with the, the illustrators in mind, knowing that this film was going to be illustrated after the fact. And you can tell it was it's it's I feel if you ask me, I think it's just probably one of the most beautiful looking pieces of film that I've seen in a while. Uh, again, it could be just because I, I just came off of watching it yesterday and was just really astounded, you know, by what I saw. But man, I got to tell you, I'm glad you picked this because I had I remember seeing the trailer for it back in the day. Never gave it a shot. Never watched it. Uh, so when you said we were going to watch, I was like, oh, yeah, it's that animated one. But man, animated is just not the word for it. There's something. It's magic, bro. It's nice. So. You know, I'm looking at the IMDb page of this for this movie right now, and at the very top, it's got the well, it's got an ad for another movie, but it's got the the poster, the movie poster, which is not animated whatsoever. Yeah, and then right beside it, it's got a still frame queued up for a video of Keanu Reeves in one of his, um, you know, doctor medical visits, and they just you're like, okay, what am I looking at here, and why does he look completely different? on the right versus on the left. Mm -hmm. And like the, the movie poster does this absolutely no justice. No, no, I, I, I'm telling you, I don't, that's the first thing that steps out to me. Right. The, The second thing that literally sticks out to me is exactly what I told you about 15 minutes in 20 minutes into it. I'm already feeling this kind of disoriented feel of that. I would feel when you, have you ever read any of Hunter S Thompson's stuff? Um, I'm not sure, but I, I've never also, I've also never read any Philip K. Dick. Ah, well, I see. I've never read Dick either, but when it comes to Thompson stuff, uh, the way, you know, if, if you watch fear and loathing and the way, and the way they deliver certain lines and so that's his writing, it's literally the way he wrote. So when you read his writing, sometimes there's this very disjointed kind of like you're on drugs type of thing when you're reading it. Um, so when you watch fear and loathing, it's the same type of feeling, this kind of, you know, uh, it's it's kind of jarring sometimes. And so immediately when this film opens, you know, and you start getting into originally right away at the beginning, you, you see the whole the, the what's his name? Rory Cochran's character where he's he's hallucinating mm. all of these aphids just crawling all over him. It's already uncomfortable. Like you're watching yeah. it and you're extremely uncomfortable. And then I found myself itching, like literally scratching by watching him go through this. Uh, and then from there forward. The interaction between everybody, I, you know. I have to. I have to ask you. In that scene, were you more comf- more uncomfortable when you saw him when those bugs, like when you realized what those those hallucinated hallucinated bugs were that were coming off of him? Were you more uncomfortable at the beginning, or were you more uncomfortable toward the end of that scene when, uh, when he after he steps out of the shower, he then sprays himself with bugs? Oh God, I know. And I'm thinking to myself. That's not good. Okay. That is not good. And he's spraying it on like it's Axe body spray, dude. <laughs> but then the green mist that just flows oh, over it. It's God. so the mat it's so like it, it really it, it like amplifies the 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 symbolism mm-hmm. of you know uh you know the visualization even that much more. Yeah, I agree. Uh and then I thought, wow, that's a really well behaved dog. It must be an actor. <laughs> Right. Um, dude, I got to tell you, it's the, the, the store, like just the interaction when, when, when you've got Robert Downey Jr. And, and Rory Cochran or, or even, um, oh, what was his name? Woody, 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 Woody Harrelson, just these, these 
diatribes are going on and they're interacting with each other like they think they're making sense to each other a lot of times it was it was so it's so kind of like i don't know it's it's not like it's it's uh i don't know what the what's the word i'm looking for it's not so disjointed that you're just like this is garbage right it's 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 in rat like it, it caps encapsulates it like you you can't look away it's like you have to try to understand what they're talking about and you're totally sucked in at least that's how i felt i felt like i was on a roller coaster ride that i had no control like i couldn't stop the tv or pause it you know what i mean it was like i i'm strapped in i took some drugs and i just got to ride it out they're a very motley crew and you can just look at them and say all right here's a business guy or at least a guy that has a job here's a just a shyster here's a, a, a tweaker here's a stoner okay i could see how they all fit together real quick you know anybody that's quote normal and not looking at it as you know oh those, that's a fun looking crew no no they're just a bunch of cracked out whatevers <laughs> yeah 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 let's get into it let's get into the story and plot though so we can we can describe what the uh, cracked out means This is a, a near future, right? They don't say what year it is, but I think it says nine years from now is what it was. It's like it's under ten, seven, eight, nine, yeah, something, something like, that. like that. That's just how they open up. That many years from now, there's this issue going on in the world in which, uh, a specific, you know, the war on drugs sucked, didn't didn't work out, and twenty, I think it's twenty percent of the world or twenty percent of the U.S. population is hooked on a drug called substance D. Um, and it's a super strong hallucinogen that people get super hooked on. And the more they take it, the more brain damage it does, where they just literally start losing just the grasp on reality, right? Like, And, and that's what we see at the beginning of this film. There's a, there's the the character played by Rory Cochran is is a, a tweaker who's just he's, – he's done way too much. And he's absolutely flipping out. You know, and we're and in that opening se- sequence, we're totally experiencing a hallucination along with him. There's this very anxiety-inducing kind of cringe-feeling, skin-crawling, you know, sickening, just kind of the, the stuff he's dealing with, uh, dude. And I felt bad for the dog too, because I'm like, that dog doesn't know what he's doing. He's just being held in the bath. He just thinks he's getting a bath again, and he's upset. You know what I mean? Everybody knows that you don't do drugs around animals. No. They don't make good babysitters. You do them around friends. And they look like they're judging you with those eyes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That way, way where there was that point of view. Yes. When he, like, looked down at the dog. The dog's just like, get away from me. Or I feel bad for you. Or I'm going to bite you if you get any closer. Yeah. Or don't do whatever the hell you're thinking you're, you're going to do. It's like all that wrapped up into one. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the idea is is there's this drug issue, right, in the world. And the government figures out the only way we can actually combat it is is we've got to uh we've got to put all kinds of um what do you call it, surveillance equipment out there in the world that basically scans. It's 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 filming things at all times. Um and the officers that are a part of of kind of doing undercover work and infiltrating these these drug you know houses and, and these people that are kind of tied to the, the manufacturing of these drugs. Uh, these undercover officers, they're special. They're special in that they, their undercover thing is, is weird, right? They have this weird cloak that they wear that no, it's, it's, it's like constantly morphing. Uh, into different people like you see half woman half man sometimes it's a an old man an old lady 
you know, their their clothes are con- it's a nonstop morphing of character. But it's never a full panel. It's always like my right chest and my stomach are never in sync with what my left portion of my chest and my le- my one leg could be brown pants and my left leg could be a pair of jeans or shorts or something. Right. But they're fully covered. Right. That is probably the coolest. I mean, not the coolest, but I'd love to see a cosplay of one of these. Yeah, I'd like to see an action, like a live action version of that. That'd be just pretty sweet to see that kind of uh, CG on that. But, uh, you know, and here's the the thing about it, too. And I want to mention this before we keep going is that this is considered a sci fi. If we said when we said Philip K. Dick, if you're not familiar, he's a huge, you know, sci fi writer from back in the day. He, you know, the, the, the movie Blade Runner was based on some of his writings. And this is actually based on a book he wrote, a scanner darkly's actually the book he wrote um so the idea it's also about his real life yes yes um and the idea is is because of the sci-fi world in the future they have these cloaks that can do this type of you know this weird technology um and so we're introduced to the characters you know through this, this they're all a part of this kind of drug house right uh we've got keanu reeves we've got woody harrelson we've got uh robert downey jr rory cochran and winona Ryder, uh and what we also find out is that Keanu Reeves is an undercover officer. He's one of these people who is in there trying to get his way to the top guy, right? The person who, where they all get their biggest supplies from. Um, but in the process, you know what it reminded me of? What was that movie way back in the day? Uh, oh, what was it called now? The cop that went undercover. It was Coke was a big deal back then. And he ended up getting hooked on Coke himself. Or was it, when or was, was it, it? meth? I can't remember the name of that movie. Oh, you're talking about, uh, was it The Salton Sea with Val Kilmer? I can't remember if that was it or not. No, no, no. This, right. this one's earlier from the 90s. Anyway, but that's the idea is that he's, you know, he went undercover to, to, to try to make his way up to the top guy. But in the process, you know, ends up becoming an addict himself. And throughout this movie... We're literally in it's, – it's a back and forth where sometimes he's a cop and we're watching him interact with the other undercover cops who they don't know each other. They're all wearing this weird scrambling suit. Um, and the other time, other part of the movie, he's in this world. And when he's in this world, it was what I was saying earlier. It's all of this really disjointed kind of drug-hazed, freaked-out tweaker talk all over the place, right? But as you're listening to it, you understand that they know that – you know, that there's somebody that's that's trying to watch them and is trying to get information on them. And so they're all super paranoid. But then when we were in his professional life, it still doesn't make sense because he's literally dealing with brain damage and weird shit keeps happening. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah, the I mean, the movie does a great job of setting up and illustrating that they live basically, I think the word you're looking for is police state. Yes. And, you know, and, it, and it's just, you know, from the time where he calls... Uh, um, Donna to get $10 worth of, of substance D. Although later in the movie we see, he pulls out this giant sack under from under his bed. <laughs> like, well, all right, man. Yeah. No kidding. Um, you know, it, you know, just the whole, everything that happens throughout this movie, just, you just see uh, Fred is who uh, Keanu Reeve plays or Bob as he's known outside of his scramble suit. Uh, Fred is his code name. Uh, and his boss Hank doesn't even know who Fred is, but the 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 strangest part of the whole movie is you know uh, the middle act is that Hank tells Fred that they're that they're looking into Bob Arctor, yeah. who is who is 
Fred, who is played by Keanu Reeves, who is the guy in the scramble suit. Right. So, so he's like, Hey, um, I don't know which one of these guys you are, if you're any of them, but edit yourself out periodically so that, and you know, so that we don't know who you are, you know, don't just edit yourself out of everything. Cause and it's like, well, wouldn't that be, but, but, and you know, and later in the movie, he's not even the one that they're actually investigating. It's they're investigating Barris, who is Robert Downey Jr.'s character. Right. Right. So it's like, uh, not quite a bait and switch, but it's like, um, it's almost like an, I gotcha. And in the end, they sure didn't get him. See, I feel like they weren't even investigating Barris. I think the idea was ultimately, which ends up becoming kind of like the, the moral, like the, the ethical uh, question of the movie is, is the very end end. Um, but before we get to it, I wanted to ask you when you, when we saw him in there and we, the, the second I heard about these suits that did all this weird changing, I figured out who Hank was immediately. Did you figure that out originally yourself or was that a surprise to you? Um, because this was my first, wasn't my first time watching the movie. I knew, but I had forgotten, you know, and as the movie went along, I could, I could tell that that was that, you know, when they reveal Hank's, uh, when Hank finally takes off the scramble suit in front of the camera, which, by the way, the the palette that's used and the line, the the hard lines and soft yeah. lines used, especially in the hair, is just it's probably my favorite like short clip in that movie or in this movie. But yeah, I knew who I knew who Hank was. I could see I could see that it was coming to that. But the reasons why I couldn't recall yeah. initially. Um, uh, yeah, dude, the palettes, the everything about this so far hooked me. You know, and even the story, because again, the idea behind. So what I took from it was that uh, even Barris wasn't the, the the point, right? I th- my thought was that they knew they had a feeling that the the you know the police force and these. Uh, by the way, people, this is spoiler alerts. All of our movies that we discuss are spoiler alerts. So if you've not seen it and you don't want us to spoil it, stop now. Go back later and listen. But anyway, uh, the very end, right? I, I my whole point was, and I think the the idea behind this was. How far do you go to, you know, get the, does the ends justify the means, right? And they literally used a human person as against their will without knowing, uh, got them addicted to drugs. Also that when they get sent to this rehabilitation place, it looks super legit and not an undercover cop because their thought was that the actual rehabilitation place, there's this, this huge, you know, corporation called new path that when you get hooked on substance D uh, you send your people, this is where you're sent to kind of rehabilitate yourself. Um, But there had always been these rumors that maybe they were the ones that were manufacturing the drugs themselves. And isn't that, um, isn't that just a, a perfect little, you know, bow on top of a package that they gave themselves? Yeah, it, it's creating your own industry, you know, from from life to uh, from cradle to grave, life to death, A to Z. However, you want, you know, whatever your we we call it A to Z in the in the IT world. Yeah, because you have the beginning and the end of the cable. You don't want life and death of a cable because you know you can't get on the internet then. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, like, I feel like that in itself is, is commentary, especially on society nowadays. You can look at that on a lot of different industries. People will say that about the prison system, right? The idea is, is like it's rigged so that we're constantly putting, putting, uh, you know, people in prison based on the rules we're creating because of the prisons we're building. And so it continuously makes money. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's a whole nother subject unto itself. Yeah. But yeah, 
But yeah, you know, the privatization of all these businesses has the potential to line the pockets of the people that are running it, you know, the people at the top while everyone else at the bottom is just struggling to get by. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it to me, I thought at, at the very, very end when that all came out, I was like, wow. And then you go back and start to really see what it did to a lot of these other people, right. In in his life, he can he called them his friends. Um, you know, again, some of them may have been completely innocent. We'll never know. But when you see the addiction, uh, as far as Rory Cochran's character was, it's a sad statement when you realize it's all orchestrated by the corporation that says that they're going to fix you. Well, and then when Rory, when Rory goes to end it and he goes through the whole process and then he lays there with his $70 bottle of wine and, and his half written letter to Exxon for canceling his gas card. (laughs) And then that dude shows up with just a head full of eyes. Yeah. That's amazing. How weird, how weird did it like just going back to like the color palette and just everything. Like I just stood there. Yeah. I love that. I love that scene too because immediately you know he's lost. It's he's lost it. He turns on the radio and and the announcer is narrating what he's doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, okay, here we go. This is going to be a ride. Um, he was living outside of himself. He was experiencing himself outside of himself at that very point. And let me tell you, even though I know it's animated, um, you know, a lot of the animation is being painted over these actors and actresses. So a lot of their expressions, a lot of what they're doing, is their acting. Right. Uh, And even you might see a little bit of over exaggeration in the animation, but overall to express what they're doing, their voice, everything is, you know, this cast was something else. So let's get into it. Let's get into the, the actors and the acting. Dude, first of all, night, what a cast, right? We, we said it before, mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves, Winona Ryder. It's a small cast, yeah. too. A small core group. Exactly. This, Woody Harrelson, you know, Robert Downey Jr., and Rory Cochran, main cast. Then you have supporting actors. But this main cast, dude, phenomenal actors, all of them in their own right. Mm-hmm. And then for them to get them together to interact and play characters in this way, you know what I mean? Man, man, what a good... Let's start with Rory Cochran, since he starts the movie, right? I love this dude. I've loved this dude way back since Empire Records days. Um, he's or even Dazed and Confused days. You know what I mean? Like I loved this guy. I've 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 followed his career a lot. I've seen a lot of his movies and, and TV shows. Um, when I I didn't know he was going to be in it. So when it starts immediately and I see it's him, I was like, oh yes, this is great. And then what a way to play this character, right? Like he literally plays a tweaked out character, almost perfect. Yeah, I mean, he, he hits the nail on the head, and then, you know, at the very end, you see him with his head shaved at the new path. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting there like a vegetable. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't even recognize Bob. Uh, Bob. He's just sitting there. Bob doesn't recognize him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the, through the entire film, all of his little kind of, you know, his his, his dialogue, him tweaking out, his, his crazy wild paranoia. eyes, dude. Yeah. Yeah, and and part of that could be you know the 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 cell shading and the mm-hmm. the rotoscoping, but you know you have to have something to work on, right? Yeah, and I think he did. I I I took that. I thought it was great. Um, Keanu Reeves. I feel like he played Keanu Reeves, right? He always has this kind of specific delivery. However, for some reason, he always seems to be able to, even though you know you're watching Keanu Reeves. After a while, you see the character he's playing. And this this mm-hmm. one was kind of Keanu Reeves with this this understanding, 
kind of behind his eyes. A lot of it was very much behind the way his eyes and facial features went. Uh, this understanding that something's not right. And and you could tell just the way he acted, you know, mannerisms, the way he did things where it was, it was, it, it was almost like he was putting on a physical, uh, you know, portrayal of what those two scientists discussed, how his two sides of his brain were fighting. He literally, you know, made it a physical thing with his face when he kept that. I mean, I, I thought he did a great job. Yeah. Oh, I, I don't disagree at all. I mean, he was, you know, he, he was really not put upon, but he was just kind of defeated. And as the movie went along, he got more, he's like slipped more and more into just willing defeat and just letting things happen and just, just becoming more, you know, mechanical, not mechanical, but like robotic in what he does, you know, just sit there and watch his own house footage, not realizing yeah. less, you know, as the, as the days go on, he realizes less and less that he is in fact one of those guys on there until toward the end where he's like, they're like, Hey, you're Bob. And he's like, I'm Bob. What? <laughs> yeah. He just repeats everything he's being told. This is four G's four G. Oh, well, I meant like when Hank tells him that he is Bob Arctor and he's like, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah. He's like almost, he couldn't believe it. Like what, what are you talking about? Um, Winona Ryder, Right. Winona Ryder has, I've always thought she was always a good actress, but I always felt she shone more when there was more angst or more kind of, um, uh, j- like a jadedness to her, her character. And so throughout the movie, she plays where she's this drug addict kind of thing. So she does that well, but I feel like the motion just in the very, that last, you know, five minutes of the film where you, they basically lay out, this is what the issue was. And she really has a lot of problems with that kind of, you know, making it work for her moral ethics. I felt like that kind of feeling she was portraying in that moment. That's where I'd normally see her shine. Um, overall though, I mean, playing a drug addict, she pretty, she did, it was pretty decent. Well, and she wasn't even really a drug addict in the movie. Right. She was, you know, she was putting upon that she was ends to a mean, but yeah, when, when she can show more range of emotion, especially like that, you know, when, uh, basically more or less anything but calm or deadpan, like in Stranger Things season one, where Will goes missing. Oh, yeah. She plays Will's mom. She's like frantic and like to the point where people think that she's losing it. So it's, you know, yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. But yeah, I thought she was really good in this movie as well. as, And she was also like the topic of a lot of different people's conversations too. Yeah. Um, Woody Harrelson. I love Woody Harrelson, dude. White man, all the way That's Cheers great. days, right? But white men can't jump you know, uh, natural born killers. I've always loved this dude. And he does, it's almost like when you see a care, him playing a character, you're like, Oh, it's Woody playing this character. Uh, but this stoner man, he disappeared after a while, after a while, it was this kind of stoner guy and it's, it felt right. And it sounded right. Um, well, he was a huge pothead at the time too. (laughs) So he was just huge. He was just doing his thing, man. He was being Woody. Yeah. Um, but you know, his range of, you know, pretending like he's choking and giving himself the Heimlich on a chair and, you know, potentially dying, um, you know, just doing, being Woody, you know, he's also great and true detective, by the way. Oh, I never that saw first that. first season. Oh, man. Him and, um, I can't remember. It was him and uh, somebody else. Yeah, I forgot who's in it. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, speaking of uh, uh, Dazed and Confused. It was really, it, it was not the same characters that you are 
used to seeing them, those two guys play. Nice. I'll have to check that but show I, out. You will. You should do yourself a favor and watch that too. But yeah, I mean, he was great in this movie too. That wig is something else. <laughs> it was. It looked natural too. It looked like obviously he would grow his hair and look like that. Um, and and his in like the way he and and Robert Downey Jr. interacted, I thought was just it was perfect. It was it was oh, yeah. nutty, right? It was so kind of uh, again you know, confusing at times and kind of jarring, but overall it was, it was, it was, it was poetry, dude. And so let's, let's talk about, you know, our DJ man, like pre, this is pre Iron Man. So this is pre kind of fast, smooth talking, uh, you know, um, Stark billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Yeah. Tony Stark. Um, but it's all there. You can see all of these kind of seeds as to what would inform the way he kind of portrays Tony Stark in delivery, in kind of a flippant way of saying certain things where when you realize what the words are, it doesn't match that the, the tone is that flippant. You know what I mean? Well, and, and so confident in just the everything that he talked when they're talking about the car engine. <laughs> like, okay, dude, apparently you know all this stuff out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Dude, my, one of my favorite interactions there was when he and Woody Harrelson were going to start fighting uh, while they're trying to work on the car, and he runs in the house and <laughs> comes, the comes back with a hammer. <laughs> oh, God. Well, and that hammer is like the, the hammer he just throws into the shopping cart. Yeah. Like, what? why is there at least one shopping cart in your front yard? Yeah. A car that's, like, bigger than the front yard there. That part baffled me, yeah. too. Uh, but then again, think of these characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is liter- This is a tweaker house, man. It's not. It's not a glamorous kind of you know rolling rolling uh, lawn. You know how it, this is. This is kind of a rundown kind of crap. It's a trap house, dude. It's a trap house. And let's just say there's no homeowners association <laughs> in that neighborhood. Yeah, no, they don't care how high your grass gets. Um, but Robert Downey Jr. plays this character. This kind of shysty character and the and that's the thing too because he's a part of this group of drug heads who gets so paranoid that he really thinks that there's cops or somebody's listening or there's an informant in that he's quick to go straight to the cops and turn people in and even call out bob uh keanu reeves's character not realizing the guy under the scrambling suit the scrambler suit is keanu reeves's character um, but man, I just love the way, remember at, at the very, very end when he kind of says what he needs to say and he realizes that he's under arrest, he does this weird kind of thing where he just gets up and walks over to the map and points to them like he was going to get away. <laughs> I've never been there before. Yeah. He thought it was almost like he was going to get away and then realize he turned the wrong way and the door was in the other direction. <laughs> oh man. Jeez. He did. I, just, I thought yeah, it was he, amazing, dude. And, and then when he's watching he's Woody good. die and he just kind of sits there the whole time, then gets up and makes a phone call. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Didn't mean to call you. Good lord, dude. I thought this this cast uh out of the park. Knocked it out of the park. Great, 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 great cast. Um, you're forgetting one hilarious on the nose cameo. Uh the street oh, prophet with the bullhorn yep. was played by none other than one Alex Jones. And he plays himself, right? I think he plays himself in yeah. the the film as Al- as this kind of bullhorn screaming, you know, crazy conspiracy theorist Alex Jones and he plays himself. Um yeah. And and what happens in the film is basically what you ha- see anymore. The cops pull right up, pull out a taser, tase him, bring him take him away. Shut him out. Mm-hmm. Um the only thing that's left of him being there was the bullhorn. Yeah. It was funny though when I saw that I was like that looks like Alex Jones. Like they literally animated it to look like him. And then when I saw he was in the credits I was like okay, that makes sense. 
I said, I watched this with E and she's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, well, just watch. <laughs> and then I'm like, is that Alex Jones? She's like, who's that? I'm like, oh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I can't, I can't finish telling you about Alex Jones before the movie's over. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. That's, that's got, that's a whole other package in and of itself, dude. Um, that was so perfect though, that he was, it was him. Totally. In it. Totally. Um, but yeah, the acting and act, the acting to me again, like I said, phenomenal. Uh, but let's get into the yeah. soundtrack because you were discussing the music earlier. It was like you said, dude. It was like this soundtrack wasn't its own thing. Like you, you have movies and they set the mood for things, uh, or or they kind of you know help express a feeling or what's happening in the film at the moment this soundtrack felt like it was organic like it was a part of the 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 rotoscoping do you know what i mean i don't know how to explain it other than it it seemed like when the rotoscoping was moving um it was creating music (laughs) it sounded so perfect you know what it's like if you were to live this very same experience it's what you would hear in your head as it was happening yes Yes, perfect. I absolutely love love this soundtrack. Um, I think they I, I read somewhere that the only actual um, you know art uh, songs that are commercially maybe commercial songs are Radiohead songs. I think there's like five or six different Radiohead clips in this entire film. Other than that, it's original score, and I have to get this. I'm not kidding. I loved it. I thought it was just so good, and it fit. So perfectly, so perfectly. Yeah, I, I can't disagree. I mean, there's, there. It's 51 minutes, and most of it is just original stuff. And I, I mean, it's not like it's elect. It's not electronic music, like dance electronic music. It's, it's. I don't even know how. What would you describe it? Um, I would say it's more like harmonious life action music. Like Dude, that's that, nice. You know, that's the best way I can describe it. Things that you, the way you would see people interacting, the way, if you were interacting with somebody or a group of people, it's the way it meets and measures or it matches the same tone of those people interacting. So when the hammer came out, it got a little more tense. Yeah. And then it went back down. But it's basically, you know, just like a, a through line of just the current mood to yeah. make you feel what the actors and the characters are feeling. And it's not orchestral, so it's not like you're listening to strings. It's not like pianos. It was kind of like, I don't know, and it didn't seem synthesized. Like, it didn't sound like a synthesizer or like electronic. I don't know how to explain it. But it wasn't acoustic either, you know what I mean? It's It was something, man. It was something. And I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to have to look into that because... I, 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 that was immediately stuck out to me was the the music and the way it just kind of went with what, what you were seeing. And when you watch the rotoscoping, uh, you know, you'll understand if you when, if you've never seen this and you watch it for the first time, when I say it, it literally, it's kind of like organic, it moves, right? The, the, the lines aren't completely hard lines. There's kind of like a fluidity to the way a lot of these, the, the characters and, and the actual animation style is this music feels like it just kind of came out of it. Like it just kind of comes out of what you're seeing visually. Uh, the only other way I can think about it is almost how Fantasia pairs, you know, the orchestra music with the visuals that it, it seems like it just kind of comes from the visuals. You know what I mean? Here, let me put it in, in exact perspective. 
So we've heard the the Metallica album S and M where they yes. played with the San Francisco Orchestra. So when there was a loud heavy guitar, there was a lot more and like a crescendo um, or like a, like a loud guitar riff or something. There was chances are there was a lot of symbols uh, crashing or uh, like it, the tempo was much faster to meet the guitar and the drums from the band. It's a lot of the same thing. They work together as opposed to you know uh ca- uh countering the way each other sounds so it sounds good together as opposed to like hot garbage yeah i thought i mean for me aces like i said it paired nice it was like steak and red wine so i hear yes yes exactly um like ice cream and an ice cream cone or or that or peanut butter and jelly um or, or yes. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next section here: special effects. Um, not so right. Not so much special effects because it's. I mean, I think the effect that we're seeing is the rotoscope. It's the actual animation, the film, the, the film style, what they did to make this film look aesthetically ple- uh, uh, p- pleasing to me is what the effects were. And if that's what we're going to call the special effects, top notch, dude, top notch. Yeah. I mean, and if there was anything that they needed to change, I mean, granted the special effect, the rotoscoping, but also I think part of the rotoscoping was putting the, um, the, the scramble suit, which could have been a separate effect. I don't know, but yeah, I, I think that this is almost filmed like it was just a documentary following people around. Yeah. It really was. I mean, and, and yeah, granted, some things were probably embellished in the rotoscoping, like that call center where toward the beginning of the movie where uh, where Bob calls up Donna looking for a 10 spot. Mm-hmm. And the the operator was listening in, going through the different cameras to try to find him and then, um, you know, moving her mouse around to a rest or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But that was that was again that could have just been embellished or that could have just been a simulated screen like an alien or any other movie with a computer mm-hmm. yeah overall though i mean i can't say enough i i mean i think i i, I really gushed about it in the open in the show but this this film is visually is just looks absolutely amazing and this 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 style of rotoscoping is just for me was awesome, dude. Again, I have not seen any movies or anything else like this. The last time I think I saw rotoscoping was uh, the Aha video. Isn't it Aha Take on Me? Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Linklater did a different. Who also directed this movie did A Waking Life, which I think I referenced last week when we were talking about this movie. It's about dreams, so it's a little bit more. Um, a little bit more like toward the end of the movie where Bob was kind of wigging out. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot like that. It, it Think of it like um, if they animated the Bad Hair Day album cover from Weird Al, <laughs> you know, where he's got the Coolio dreads, yeah. but they wiggled like it was a kid's cartoon. Okay. It, but it's about dreams and lucid dreams and are you awake or not. Oh, I'll have to check that out, dude. Yeah. And, and you said it's the same rotoscoping? It's a different style. Okay. It's basically, it, it goes from, basically, it's like if Howie Mandel from Bobby's World was in a movie. Okay. You know, the cartoon where you yeah. had that giant goofball fro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's kind of how the characters look to a degree. I see. Yeah, I'll, ch- I'll, I'll definitely check it out, especially after this one, because, 
I was just so impressed with this entire the, the entire product from beginning to end. Um, let's get into some of the memorable scenes. Like I said, for me, you know, one of the memorable ones was the the, the fight between Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and Woody Harrelson. I was dying laughing. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, but it was just too funny, man. He picks up the rock and he like he just tinks the the hammer. Wait, the wrestler? Uh, exactly. He picks up the wrestler and tinks the hammer, right? Uh, the other wrestler, <laughs> hammer. Um, and uh, just the the look that Robert Downey had on his face, Downey Jr. had on his face when he knocks that. I, it was the funniest thing, dude. I don't know. It was so much in this movie that I could tell you. Oh, this scene was awesome. That scene was awesome. But for some reason, that's that's one that stood out to me. Uh, still, I ca- I kept thinking about it today. Well, I mean, there's that, and there's the scene that immediately precedes it, where they're on the highway, and the car oh takes a dive, and you know, and and Barris Robert Downey Jr. talks about whatever, and they talk about it unscrewing, and he's like, "No, it would only unscrew, it would only rescrew if you were on in <laughs> Australia." <laughs> it screws one direction. The, and then it- <laughs> yeah, and then they're bitching in the in the tow truck about you know the whole thing, you know, the whole crux of it, and. And then the the driveway scene with the hammer happens right after that. But uh, I'm curious. So in the, what do you think about this? In the scramble suit, Keanu Reeves is not unlike how Favreau filmed uh, Robert Downey Jr. in the Iron Man movies and every subsequent Marvel movie. Do you think that he borrowed that? Uh, to it a feels like it, right? Yeah. Yeah, when I saw that, I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, this is kind of like Iron Man. I like that. So we can see who's inside the suit. Mm-hmm. And you can still yeah. get that emotion because you need emotion in some way, shape, or form, which is, you know, I've, I've talked about it before. Uh, even though you, except for, spoiler alert, for one scene in The Mandalorian, you never see Pedro Pascal's face. So he yeah. has to emote in some way, shape, or form. And, right. you know, I think doing that was a great bridge to, you know, getting keanu reeves to emote in some capacity yeah i agree um thought dude it was it was very well done i definitely think that's something that you know when you see it it's going to stick in your mind and in the future when you're like how do we make sure robert down you can see him well you know do it this way i saw i saw they did it with keanu reeves in a scanner darkly um it was so when you were talking about them being on the highway that was another thing i was going to say there was this that scene blew me away because I, I had to watch. I rewound it and watched it again. They did rotoscope the whole scene, but for so so much of it, it looks like the background, the cars, the highway, a lot of the foliage. It looks real. Yep. It looks so real mm-hmm. when, with how fast the the, the camera work is. Um, I noticed that on. for a number of things. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, this movie, and then, then the opening scene to me sticks to me too. Just the entire thing with Cochran being covered in aphids and ape shit, you know, scrubbing himself off, thinking it was completely gone. And they all started coming back again, spraying himself down with the bug repellent. Uh, that, that was another scene that stuck to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yes, I, it, just the whole visual thing just in, in, as a whole is, you know, it, the subject matter might be, like in that first scene might be weird, but uh, have you ever seen the movie Spun? No, I don't think so. Don't, because it's basically, <laughs> it's like this movie, but grittier, and it's not rotoscoped. Oh, okay, yeah. A little too realistic. Oh, yeah. It's like, John. okay, so there's one scene where John Leguizamo, John Leguizamo you know, Luigi Mario, 
uh, yeah. where he had he invites this girl over and they're gonna you know smoke meth or snort it or whatever and they're gonna do what adults do and then they're gonna be done and that's whatever he has to leave because someone he thinks he heard someone call him from across town by saying hey john Lenquizamo, come over here <laughs> so he's like i gotta go and so he ties this chick up excuse me he ties this young lady up this very respectable respectful young yeah. lady uh to his like prison style bed you know with the the metal bars and the real thin mattress oh good lord and he and she's like let me out and so he duct tapes her mouth shut and then he duct tapes her eyes closed oh my god yeah that's like 20 minutes into the movie and i'm like all right i'm done with this movie now that's insane yeah it's about meth culture not a very fun that's... subject yeah no thanks I, uh you know this one this film there are right there's those movies that really make you feel uncomfortable then there's ones that are like this or are like fear and loathing where it's almost like they kind of invite you to come along it, on the trip it's an adventure and to be disoriented yes yes um so there that's that's a scanner darkly dude we got to put a rating on this and we didn't decide how you're going to rate this what are we basing this on i'm thinking scramble suits oh yeah how many scramble suits you give in this one well, I mean, this movie, you know, it's a shame at how little this movie, um, you know, what, you know, it was $8.7 million budget, $7.7 million box office. The, the, That's all? Yeah. yeah. Well, it also went up against Cars and uh, oh, one of, the, one of Michael go. Bolton's favorite movie series, uh, The Pirates of the Caribbean. See, when you do that, it's like that's all there. I mean, it just got buried, dude. <laughs> Ironically, it went up against Pirates of the Caribbean Dead Man's Chest, which was buried in the ocean before, at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> but yeah, this I mean, it, it's such a shame because you you look at the actors and on paper it's it's huge. You know, the director, the you know, it's rotoscoped. Oh, what's that mean? Is it a, oh, it's a cartoon. Eh, that's okay, not my bag says most adults. What's the subject matter? It's about the war on drugs and uh, commentary on being a police state. And it's more, that's, that is actually like more relevant today than it was in 2006 when the movie was released. Uh, and it's also more relevant now than it was in the late 60s when this was effectively a, you know, an amalgam of a life story of Philip K. Dick. Yeah. And, you know, you have all of that and, you know, you're just like, the story is solid. It's so dense and thick that we haven't even covered a third of what the actual plots and subplots mm -hmm. and, you know, this thread pulls on this thread later in the movie. And, you know, oh, yeah, there's so much of it. And, you know, there's spoiler alert. There's a Keanu uh, uh, Fred as he's Fred talks about having a wife and kids with his um, Duke built mower in the shed and how much he hates it. And then you cut back to him being talking to a heads up display within his scramble suit while he's giving a speech. And you know, there's just so much, it's so dense. It's so solid. Watch it with the captions because Robert Downey Jr. Is just, he's just going, he is, he is in Robert Downey Jr. Mode. And I think him and Woody are pulling from life experiences, which informs yeah. the movie so much better, you know, plus a solid script, you know, lots of twists and turns and just the way that it looks, 
just draws you in with the sound and the music. The sound design is amazing. The music is great. The story is solid. I, I have to give this, I got to go 4.9 out of this one, this one, because it's just, everything is, I can't find a bad thing about it. Dude, every single thing you say, I echo. Um, completely hypnotizing. This film is going to just kind of suck you in and, and let it, too. Don't fight it. Don't try to make sense of it. Just kind of let yourself get drawn in and follow along. Do your best to, to keep up with, you know, with Robert Downey Jr. Do your best to keep up with Rory Cochran. Uh, you know, follow along, you know, do your best to not get confused and, and, and kind of startled and kind of thrown off a little bit here and there the way Keanu does, but continue to follow along, right? It's going, it, it's, it's by the time you, you're done, you literally feel like you've gone through some sort of drug experience. If you've never done drugs in your entire life, now that's not to say that this is a, a whacked out kind of movie. It's not that. But there's this it it brings you in and it, it kind of informs you and lets you know that this is this is how it is right uh, for good or for bad. These characters are not the nicest people. They're not the greatest people. You don't want these people watching your kids for you. You know you're not asking these guys to come into your house and clean the house without keeping an eye on them. Uh, but there's something about every single one of these characters that has a redeeming quality. You can't help but kind of pull for them. Um, as you're involved in in this this world, uh, dude, I, I'm with you, man. This this movie did not expect this. I did not expect to be blown away by this movie. Easily, this movie has become one of my favorites. Uh, and and I, I it's it's like you said, it's criminal, man. It's criminal that this movie is not is not discussed more. Doesn't get brought up more. That it kind of got crushed under the weight of of blockbusters such as Pirates and Cars. Um, that's my new, uh, my new Netflix special pirates and cars. <laughs> anyway, uh, dude, I'm with you. Uh, but I'm giving it that extra point one, man, this movie nail nails it for me for everything I want in a movie. And it's easily five suits for me, scramble suits, uh, because, uh, you know, story plot. Great. I mean, super solid. You're it's, it's, it's hard to look at this and go, Oh, well that didn't make sense. Or this was a hole, you know, I'm sure if we really, really dug, we'd find little things, but what a solid story and, and easy plot to follow. Wasn't hard to follow, even though it might be kind of hard to follow some of the dialogue because the, the, it's whacked out at times. Um, actors amazing the acting again was amazing the soundtrack i kid i told you i couldn't i can't speak highly enough of uh and then just the way this film looks i'm huge into how a film looks and this just blew me away i just thought this is amazing there was so many times that if you let your 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 vision slightly blur it didn't look animated you could see the actors and actresses that's how well this was rotoscoped um and then there was those times where the background looked real it looked so real the way they the, they did the blur animation was just so it's just tops dude i gotta tell you one of the one of the better movies i've seen in a very long time uh and good enough for me to say that i would put this on the dvd collection shelf uh with five five uh scramble suits for me yeah and and you know just to kind of add one or two more items you know the, the the acting is great if you can't follow along with the words that, that are being said captions but the body language is so expressive on all these, uh, you know, with everyone as well. It's just that part's so well done. And the movie's not over long. It's a hundred minutes. 
So it being that short of a time, everybody's got a hundred, you know, an hour, an hour 40. Yeah. It was, uh, it didn't, it, I don't know. It felt faster than that, to be honest. It wasn't one of these movies where I was looking at the time going, okay, how much time's left? Cause you were involved. Like when it was done. You were engaged. Yeah. When it was done, I was like, holy crap, that was short. And then I looked, I was like, actually it's pretty decent length. It's not too bad, but, uh, wow. Wow. What a film. Yeah. What a film. Most definitely. Um, well, we're coming out of sci-fi for our next episode. Uh, we're going to be going, uh, we're going to go a different route. We're going to kind of go into the, uh, dark comedies. Um, one of my favorite eras, the eighties, nineties, eighties. I think this came out late eighties. I can't remember to be honest with you, but I feel like it's a, a, a 89 a, late eighties. Good. Uh, the movie we're going to be watching for next episode is the burbs. Uh, it is a lovely night, isn't it? Yeah. Green sky tonight. Green sky at morning. Neighbor take warning. Green sky at night. Neighbor take flight. You know, did you ever see the movie The Sentinel, Mr. Peterson? It's about the old guy who owns the apartment, which is kind of like the uh, gateway to hell. No, I, I didn't see that. I was doing some thinking. And you know, being that their last house burned down and all, it's like maybe somebody left the gate open. And you said you have never seen this, right? I have not. The only the only experience I have with the burbs, uh, I have two, is cycling past it a lot on my Amazon Prime watch list. And it's only there because you and... Anthony and Brandon, I believe, did a, you watch the first half, I'll watch the second half uh, review. Yeah, that's old school. Yeah, And that was about as far as I got with it. <laughs> All right, so you have a, if you remember anything we talk about, you'll have somewhat of a familiarity on certain things. But, dude, I, uh, I, I'm looking forward to hearing what you think of this movie. This, this, to me, is one of those films that has always been kind of in my heart since I was a kid. Um, so it'll be fun to talk about. Uh, and I've, I've, you know, I do, I watch it all the time. So it's not like I'm going to watch this going like, I don't know if I like it. Uh, honestly, I want to see what you think about it, but I also want to kind of talk about it and break and discuss some of the things that are, uh, some of the themes in this film. So next week we're doing the burbs, uh, but that was a scanner darkly. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure you head over to the website, BICBP-radio.com. Check out all the other podcasts on the network, uh, made by some of the more passionate creators, uh, in our country, in our world. We've got some of the best podcast creators. That's right. I'm calling it. Uh, you got anything else you want to say, Sean, before we're out of here? Uh, stay safe. Stay masked. Glove up if necessary. And listen to your local government. So all of that, plus it is now time to unsilence your phones. 